Nation Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the Combination Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Part 3, Chapter 18 of The Beach of Dreams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock. The Beach of Dreams by H. D. Verstackpool. Part 3, Chapter 18. God made friendship. The place was as populous as a town. That was the sole satisfying fact which she absorbed as she sat with a bundle and axe beside her. To be lonely here one would have to be deaf and blind and without the sense of smell. Now that their attention was no longer strained by watching her, the great brutes filled the place with all sorts of sounds, grunts and grumbles, puffs and snorts like the escape of steam from a locomotive and now and then the flop of a great body changing position there was another sound she got to know and recognize after a while the grumbling and rumbling of their interiors infested with sea lice they were always scratching quite close to the cave mouth three great bulls were lying and every now and then one of them would turn and twist round and scratch himself with his flippers. The nearest bull had lost an eye in some past battle, and they were all scarred about the necks. And seen close like this, in their natural state, and as one of their company, the marvel of them was beyond speaking. She took off the oilskid coat and laid it on the sand of the cave took the things from the blanket and spread the two blankets out and folded them. As she moved about, she saw that the bulls had turned slightly, attracted by her movements, but they showed not the slightest sign of mind disturbance. Then, having placed the things in order, she came out and walked down to the water's edge, making a detour now and then to avoid treading on the flippers or the tail of a monster. On coming amongst them a few minutes ago, she had felt not the slightest fear, but this walk in cold blood from the cliff to the sea edge made her hold her breath. She felt as she had felt that first day when she sat down close to them, angry, and with a sudden movement, one of these creatures could have destroyed her as a man destroys a fly, but she held on and was rewarded. Not one of them showed any wish to destroy her, or anger, or uneasiness. They had accepted her into their company by not attacking or rejecting her. She ran counter to none of their desires or needs, 
and evidently her form called up no recollection of the beast-man in their dim brains. Then she was a female. Sex is more than a physical difference between one being and another. One can fancy it as one of the outstanding signs of the wild to be read by instinct, as instinct reads the weather or season signs or the sea-mile posts that lead the seals and the sea-elephants thousands of leagues to strike some particular beach as an arrow strikes the bull's-eye of a target. The female, unless with young, is not dangerous to the male. One may fancy that amongst the few but burningly important warnings and directions in the Book of Instinct, here, at the sea-edge, and within a few feet of the breaking waves, she sat down on a projecting rock and tried to measure with her eyes the vast herd. The whole beach from where she sat to where the flat rocks ceased a mile and a half away on her right was spotted with them, and she noticed that here and there they were always putting out to sea and coming ashore again. Making for a spot on the right a hundred yards from her, she saw one coming ashore, swift as an arrow, steering with straight steadfast eyes and landing with the water cascading from his huge shoulders whilst on the left one was putting out to sea in a burst of foam then of a sudden all the shore-edge bulls got in commotion slithering about raising themselves on their flippers and blowing off steam a sea elephant was coming towards the beach moving with a speed thrice that of any of the others. His head was raised, and she could see the eyes that seemed blazing with wrath or challenge. Then, as he came thundering on to the rocks, he lifted the echoes with a roar that resounded for miles along the beach. All the others had landed in silence. She did not know that this was a newcomer, a belated bull, held days behind the arrival of the others by some chance of the sea. Maybe he had hung fishing off the South Shetland or the Horn, or beached for repairs after some sea fight off the Falklands. Whatever had held him, he was late. He came swiftly up the rocks, casting his head from side to side, but unchallenged. There were no females there yet to fight for, and they evidently recognized him as one of the herd and not a stranger. The herd instinct, without which a nation would be a mob, ruled here and gave the belated one his place, and after a while of squattering about and sniffing and blowing, he settled down with a quieted eyes to rest. He had reached one of the stopping stages of his life, with the surety with which he would reach the last on some desolate beach or reef of the sea. The girl watched him. Not only did these new-found companions chase away loneliness and ghostly fears, but they brought her comfort. They seemed so sure, sure of food and life and the right to live, so undisturbed. It was as though she felt the presence of the ghostly shepherd who looks after the flock of sea and land and who counts even the sparrows. She cast her eyes towards the islands and the sea line. Some day a ship would come and all this would be a dream of the past. She knew it. 
her mind went back over all that she had been saved from the wreck the death traps and worst of all latouche it was strange to think that a man should be worse than the others if that fisherman's knife had not been included in the gear of the boat it was now as she sat thinking this and watching the huge harmless things around her that a hatred of latouche came into her mind a hatred that seemed to have been waiting to enter until her mind was at rest he seemed to her evil itself he seemed to her connected with all the disasters that had happened and part of them he had been the lookout on the gaston de paris his quarrel had sent bompard to his death he had nearly unhinged her mind with terror had he possessed the evil eye then for the first time she recalled her premonition of disaster yet how she had refused to let the yacht be put off its course they might now have been at new amsterdam only for that yet it was not her fault she had refused to alter the course not for any selfish reason quite the reverse she had refused because she did not wish to spoil the plans of her host it was fate not blind faith because the premonition was full-sighted it was fate obeying some order and it seemed to her that she could read in the order that she was to be saved why god only knew but so she read the facts and she would be saved to the end and go back to the life she knew or had known and die perhaps at last an old old woman it seemed to her that this coming on to the sea elephant beach was a stage in her great journey that had brought her definitely near to the end of her loneliness and whether all this were true knowledge or whether it was only the fancy of the ego its effect was to give her peace then as she sat there the strangest loneliest figure on earth she explored the pocket of her skirt and took the things from it latouche's knife her rings knotted up in her handkerchief the tobacco box of captain slocum the tender box and box of matches then she opened up the tobacco box and re-read the purple writing with the tag keep up your spirits she could not visualize the old slab-sided wailing captain who had scrawled that inspired no doubt by practical knowledge of disaster and the horrors of kerguelen but the message came now as an additional comfort it seemed to her written by a hand other than that of man she put the paper back in the box and then everything back in her pocket then like a stroke of humor an incident occurred to lighten the whole beach a big platoon of penguins had crossed the river and marched up to the sacred precincts of the seal beach turning her head to see what the disturbance was about she sighted the penguins just at the end of their march and three bulls fronting them the penguins wished to pass either from impudence or a real desire to cross the beach but the bulls barred the way heading them off turning and twisting snorting as if to blow the feathered ones away the penguins bowed and scraped and explained but the bulls blind to politeness and deaf to argument only presented their heads 
Then they raised their rumps and made a half-charge. The girl watched the penguins going at the double with heads slewed around, as though fearful of their tails. Then she laughed. The sea elephants had not only made her able to laugh, they had given her something to laugh over. Then came the thought, why had they refused the penguins and accepted her? She did not know that the penguins were rival fishermen. She fancied that the sea elephants were somehow friendly to her, divining her friendship for them, and maybe she was right, though not perhaps in the way she fancied, for when God made friendship he made it out of queer and sometimes negative materials. That night as she lay in her cave with the rolled-up blanket for a pillow and the other blanket for covering, neither ghosts nor loneliness came to trouble her. Two great bulls a few yards from the cave mouth kept her warm and comfortable of mind. She could hear their puffs and grunts and the occasional wobble-wobble of their digestive organs as they slept, dreaming maybe in their sleep, for sometimes they tossed and moved, and once one of them gave a woof as though trying to roar under the blanket of sleep. She thought of dogs lying asleep, dogs dreamed and hunted in their dreams why should not these then suddenly the rain came down as though someone had pulled the string of a shower bath but she knew that would not drive them away guessing that rain to sea elephants was no more disturbing than sun to peaches then she was chasing penguins along the beach riding on a sea elephant towards that absolute oblivion which is the brand of sleep they serve at Kerguelen. End of Part 3 Chapter 18 Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.